few weeks ago, Greg brought um, a powerful message, a two-part series on the, on the three-part man, that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And it's important to understand that we are three parts so that we can understand salvation and how it works. At the moment we're born again, our spirit is saved. It's instantly changed, transformed. The, the spirit of God comes and dwells in our spirit. And a transformation, boom, happens instantaneously or in a moment. And then we know that the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, when that time comes, our, we're going to receive a new body. So our body will be delivered. Our body will be saved. It will be transformed in a twinkling of an eye. But that leaves our soul. And the Bible talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling and receive the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. And there's and being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, there's so there's verses that talk about our soul and you might have heard the word sanctification. The sanctification process is, is you being transformed, you being changed day by day by day. That's talking about your soul area, the soulish realm. And then I shared after that about how do we, how do we engage in that process? Because you know, Greg talked about the you know, transform. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he gave the illustration of the, of, the, of the caterpillar being transformed into a butterfly. That change, that process, metamorphosis or whatever that, that word is in the Greek. And that's how God wants us to change from being looking like we are being transformed into looking more like Jesus. And it said that happens. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, by the renewing of your mind. So what renews your mind? God's word. Reading God's word. Washing yourself with God's word. But that's part of it. If you, you can read the word from front cover to back cover, memorize it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, and just read it and read it and read it, read it, memorize it. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be transformed. But that's a major component the Word of God is the major component. But we also talked about when it says in James chapter 1, verse 19 or 20, around there, it says, receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Remember that? That's Scripture. So receive the Word which is able to save your souls. And then right after that it says, but do not be hearers of the Word only, but doers. And that is a big, that's a huge but. Remember, we talk about the big but. That is a huge, significant factor right there. If we just leave it on reading the Word, reading the Word, listening to the Word, listening to the Word, listening to the Word, we're going to have a problem. And I believe that's one of the major reasons why the church in America struggles so much. Because we have so much information. We can go on the Internet. We can watch TV 24-7, Christian TV, or Internet or whatever, and we can receive Wonderful word, wonderful teaching, powerful, powerful, life transforming type teaching. It's available to us anytime. But what happens is, is we receive that and we engage in that word and listen to it and feed ourselves on that. 
And then we believe that our maturity has to do with the amount of word that we know. And so we believe that we're mature because we know a lot of word. But what happens is, is we, we can get puffed up. The Bible talks about how knowledge puffs up. And I believe that's what's happened to the church in America has become puffed up because we know. We know. Oh, I know that. I know that teaching. Have you heard the teaching on? Have you read this? Oh, yeah, I know that teaching. And so because I've heard it and read it and that kind of thing, then I'm, I raise myself to a higher level because I've heard it. And for example, we can do that as charismatics with the doctrine of speaking in tongues. We can raise ourselves to a higher level. Oh, yeah, I believe in that. Oh, yeah, I've been baptized. I've, I've received my prayer language. And we put ourselves on a, a higher level because we've had that experience and we know that. And I think a dangerous place to be in or a, a sad place is a carnal, charismatic Christian. A person who's spirit-filled, speaks in tongues, but you look at them and they look just like, act just like people who aren't even born again. You know what I'm talking about? Because we place so much emphasis on knowledge... Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, See then that you walk carefully, or circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So he's encouraging us not to be foolish, but be wise. Redeeming the time, make the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. Again, don't be unwise, be wise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. So he's saying, do not be unwise, but do this. So if you don't want to be unwise, if you want to be wise... Then do this. And he says, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And I brought this out before, but I want to bring out again. I think it's very significant. That he puts it all together about the days are evil, time is short, redeem the time, use your time wisely. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He he shares all these powerful things. And then he says right in the middle of that, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, he's building up to being filled with the Spirit. Okay, don't be foolish. Don't continue to walk foolishly. And here's how. Being filled with the Spirit. And then he says, and here's the outpouring of what should happen as you're filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. In other words, a person who is Spirit-filled, their lifestyle, an outflow of their life should be joy. Singing in the Spirit. Singing, making melody in your heart. Thankfulness. Being thankful. Why is this so important? Because we have so many things thrown in our face that we can be ungrateful about. Especially the economy. If you've been affected by the economy, whether you lost a job or your job has struggled or your your savings, your investments have taken a a significant hit because of the economy. Because of what's going on in the world, we have a whole lot of things that can encourage us to be ungrateful, dissatisfied, grumbling, complaining, and all that kind of stuff. 
And if you do that loudly, you'll fit right in with the world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you just listen to casual conversation with people, generally people, I've heard, I hear two things. One, gossip, but that's not the topic for today. And two is grumbling, complaining about something. Complaining about something. Gossip or grumbling, complaining about something. And so here's, here's the thing that the Lord's been just really reminding me of again and just burning in my spirit. It's like I was talking about this morning. We come on Sunday morning and we have a wonderful time of praise and worship. Like we did just now. And. But yet. We go to work Monday or we we're at home Monday or wherever we're at and our experiences far removed, far a cry different from what we just experienced on Sunday morning. And I believe what we do is we 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 enjoy God's presence on Sunday morning. But then when we walk out the door, we pretty much leave that experience behind. And then we feel somehow we we just we survive in life. We we live life the best we can. You know, I'm a Christian, so I got to, you know, be a good person, be nice, don't kill anybody, you know, don't do anything like that. But be nice, be kind, considerate, and hang in there and do the best you can. And that's how a lot of Christians live their Christian existence. And so they don't even come close to rising and moving into what God has for them. Because what God has for us, the power of the Holy Spirit, the joy, the, the overcoming Joy and his presence and everything that has nothing to do with outside circumstances. Nothing to do. But if if. If we continue to live on this, this, that level. Then our Christianity, our relationship with God, our relationship with each other will be solely based on circumstances. And the reason why this is important, two reasons. One, because the kingdom of heaven is being represented by God's people. So what people, how they see you, you are representing God's kingdom. You are God's representation to them. So if they see you grumbling, complaining, whining, bickering, gossiping, Backstabbing, backbiting, all this kind of stuff. They see that in you and they say, hmm, that person goes to church and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. And they see you engaging in that and, and they see that that's how you are. Then you are representing before them God's kingdom. And so when they, a person without hope, see the news, watch the news all the time and hear all this doom and gloom and all this kind of stuff. And they get discouraged and they think, man, there's no hope. And then they think of the church and they think of God's representatives. And they think, well, there's no hope there either. And so here's, here's the deal. We have so much more available to us on a higher level 
But we walk on this level. God wants us to get up to this level. He doesn't want to beat us up into this level. He wants to invite us up into this level of experience with him, of experiencing joy, peace, healing, deliverance, all this kind of stuff, regardless of what's going on around you. So then those who don't have any hope, they see you, they see elements of your life falling apart, so to speak, because maybe you just got laid off because your, your department got shut down. Or you lost all your savings or something happened to you. But they see that the joy in you is overcoming the negative circumstances around you. And then they see that representation. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about being perfect. Okay, I'm not talking about we've got to be perfect. I'm just talking about learning to let the spirit of God overtake the doom and gloom that would try to su- uh, suffocate our souls. And when we walk in that, and then they see that, then they say, there's hope. And they come to you and say, you know what? Um, what church do you go to? And it really doesn't have anything to do about the church, but it's about God. But the only way they know how to equate it is church. I mean, how many times have you seen people under conviction and they say, I need to go to church? You know what the major difference that's going to change in our life? What's, that, what's going to change that? There's one thing. Of course, I can say all kinds of things, but I'm talking about one thing today. So there's one right answer today. God's presence. God's presence. And right here, talks about the days being evil, all this kind of stuff going on. We're talking about speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, giving thanks always for all things. God. When you do that, what are you inviting? What's going to happen when a person does that, biblically speaking? The presence of God. God inhabits the what? Praise of his people. So right here he's talking about God's presence manifesting in your life, even though the days are evil. Even though things are tough and hard and bad. So what we need to do is we need to learn how to take, you know, we're, I feel like we're getting better. We're, I, I feel bad using some terms because it's all the only terms I know, but it, it can paint the wrong picture. But I feel like we're moving forward more and more and in, in enjoying God's presence here on Sunday morning. I believe we're moving more and more and more in that. But it would be a tragedy if we get so good and enjoy God's presence so much and his presence manifests so strongly. We say, oh, that was so good. And then we walk out the doors and then we say, to a certain extent, I can't wait till next week so I can experience that again. Now, one sense, the presence of the Lord should be stronger when his people come corporately together. Okay? But on the other sense, we have been invited by God to enjoy his presence every single day. And I believe as we learn to engage him in his presence and experience that on a daily basis, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then when we come on Sunday, it's going to be off the charts. It's going to be off the charts. So what we need to do, here's what I'm getting at. 
We need to begin to engage God and enjoy his presence at home. At work. At school. In the grocery place. On the treadmill. Okay, back up. Maybe not the treadmill. (laughs) In other words, wherever we find ourselves, wherever we are, we ought to be able to enjoy his presence. But the reason why we don't is because we don't train ourselves to. We in our minds, see, we got these strongholds, these, the stinking thinking up here that says, I can only be in God's presence on Sunday morning in New Covenant Fellowship on the purple carpet. So if some of you don't have purple carpet at home, then you think you can't worship. Never mind. <laughs> Seeing if you're paying attention. But we do, we, we kind of mentally um, box ourselves in where we have to be with other Christians. Let me say that. Because then what can happen, we say, okay, let's, when we get into small groups, we can enjoy God's presence. And then we experience His presence in a powerful way in small groups. But you can't necessarily take a small group with you to work when your boss says, I need this done. Say, well, and the boss comes in your office and you got this small group meeting all eight hours while you're trying to work. That's not going to go over too well. And so I'm not talking about just small groups, I'm talking about you by yourself. So when you're by yourself, there'll be four of you, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and you. So you got a small group, actually. And what I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to say and, and, and just burn in our hearts today is to learn to enjoy his presence every day. Every day. And even times throughout the day. And I'm not talking about taking away from work. In other words, pulling your Bible out. You're supposed to be working, doing something. You pull your Bible out. I'm enjoying God's presence because my pastor said that. And you're doing all that and you're not getting your work done. That's not what I'm talking about. And here's what I believe anyway. I firmly believe this. Is that as we, we should and we can be the best workers that your company has ever had. You can be the best doctor, the best teacher, the best engineer, the best architect, whatever, because simply because whatever field you're engaged in, if you learn to ask the Holy Spirit and talk to him, doesn't he know the medical field? Doesn't he know the best architectural designs? Doesn't he know the solutions that engineers are trying to figure out? Do you think he knows the answer? And he says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. So if you need wisdom, and that's not just spiritual stuff. That's not just Bible stuff. Because actually, if you look in the context of that, talking about trials. You're going through a hard trial, he says, to count it all joy when going through various trials, da-da-da. Because he talks about the purpose of the trial and that kind of thing, and if you lack wisdom. So if you're going through hardship. So if you're at work and you're trying to figure something out, that can become a trial. And if you don't know the answer to something, you're struggling in school. And you can't figure it out. The Holy Spirit who was sent as your helper from Jesus says, hey, I got the answers. I got the answers. But we have to learn how to listen to him. Learn how to engage him. Because see, we have a lot of thinking. You know, Candy brought that word earlier, insignificant. Many of us feel insignificant. 
Many of us feel like that God can't or won't speak to me because if he knows all my failures, even the ones I did on the way here or last night and all that kind of stuff. And so we disqualify ourselves because of our performance. And God has two things for that. The blood of Jesus. And he says, if you confess, I'll forgive you. You know, one thing I appreciate about, uh, you know, my son is, my Bryant is in California. He's at Bethel going to the school there. And it's interesting because what I hear from him, where life is changing in him, it has to do with God's presence. The, the soul things that he's struggling with, he gets in God's, and I'm talking about big time soul things. I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about the big things that we struggle with. Or the things we want. I want this regardless if God wants it for me or not. I want this. You know how we have those things. Well, some people do. You may not, but some people do. And as he's struggling with these things, but he gets in God's presence and enjoys his presence, says, you know what, Dad? I don't want that anymore. I just want him. I'm thinking that's pretty interesting because the things he's talking about are big things, big changes, big heart issues. And so what I'm being reminded of, it's all about his presence. Getting in his presence. Letting him love on you. And the stinking lies that have been placed in your thinking because of some person who's of influence in your life has said these lies to you and you believe these things. The Holy Spirit wants to destroy those lies. And begin to impart truth. But he can do it in a way that no preacher can. Nobody else can. So why is it important to get in his presence? I believe that is a huge part of the transformation, transformation process. We read the word. It's important to read the word. Don't pick one or the other. Don't say, well, I don't need the word. I just get in God's presence. Because, see, if you get in God's presence and you, and you have these worshipful experiences and have uh, encounter and experiences, but you don't know the word of God, the enemy can deceive you. And you can become very weird and flaked out. But when you understand and know God's word and then something tries to come at you and tell you something, you say, that's not God. Get behind me. I rebuke that because the word says this. And so the word will keep you grounded. So you can soar and have a wonderful time in God's presence and enjoy his experiences and everything. But the word will keep you grounded and let you know what's of God and what isn't of God. But what happens so often is we that go from one extreme to the other. We take the word. I'm all about the word and doctrine and theology. And I don't need the gifts. Or we, well, there's bondage in the law. I just need the Holy Spirit. I just need to speak in tongues. I just need the experiences. And we, we put the word aside. There's error on both sides. Tremendous error on both sides. We need both. We need the word of God. And we need to experience his presence. So how can you do this practically? I was hoping to have. Um, I have a beef with Amazon.com because I messed. Well, I ordered some stuff, but it didn't get here as soon as I thought it would be. Uh, so it'll be here next week. But I ordered some worship DVDs and CDs. 
And not that you have to buy the ones that I ordered, but I would encourage you, if you don't already have one or two or three, to get a good worship CD or DVD. We like Bethel. We like Jesus Culture. Those are some that I ordered. So if you like that, I'll have them for you at a discounted price. They cost like $13, $14, and $17. You'll be able to get them from us for 10 because I want you to get this in your hands. And here's the deal. When you at home, here's an idea with the DVDs. The worship DVDs, pop them on your, your DVD on your, on your um, TV and just have your family just come together just to begin to worship. Begin to worship God. Say, hey, guys, let's do something real quick. Let's, you know, take time out of instead of watching your favorite TV show or just put it on pause or whatever. Let's just worship God. Let's enjoy his presence. Do that as a family. And then get the worship CD. You can... Um, Pop it in your, your car or get it on MP3 format, have it on your phone or whatever. On your way to work, while you're on the treadmill at the workout club or whatever, have it on your earbuds. Just begin to worship Him. Train yourself to just worship and invite His presence. And I really believe that as we, I know this for a fact, as we begin to engage him in his presence, he's going to take us higher and faster than we can take ourselves. He's going to help us to get through things. See, we don't know what's coming. Have you ever had a situation happen where maybe you had your devotion to reading the word of God and you came across a passage and it just really, boom, just hit you. It's like, wow, that's good. Man, the Lord just really burned it in your spirit. And then later on that day, you encountered a situation where that passage was the answer. You ever had that happen before? So what was he doing? The helper was preparing you, training you, getting you ready for that situation. Well, he'll do that all the time if we learn to listen to him. But a lot of times our souls are so full of clutter. So full of clutter. I know a lot of times clutter for me, and I keep bringing this up and... Because this is something that I like to fill my soul with. I love that I like sports. Now, I don't think I overdo it on sports all the time. But the clutter is, even if there's not a game, I like to listen to sports radio. You know, just listen, they're talking about OU or OSU or they're talking about the Big 12 and all this kind of stuff. And you just get caught up in that because it's fun. It's just exciting. It feels good. And so what happens is, you, whatever it may be for you, Okay. But if you fill your soul with soul clutter all the time, all the time, just that static, that noise. Then you're you're not you can't hear a lot of times what he's wanting to say, you're not even tuned in, you're not even trying to listen. So here's what I want to encourage you with this week as a homework assignment. Won't be graded, though. Except Cornell's, yours will be. (laughs) I just want to encourage you three times, at least three times this week, you know, get a worship CD. Um, You can go on the Internet and and buy them and get the MP3 version and get it instantly. I'll have some next week, some CDs, DVDs and everything. But get you a good worship CD. And three times this week, set aside time. So, okay, this time at uh, Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock or or whatever, set aside some time and just get in God's presence and just worship him. Just worship for 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. Just do that three times. And also, 
Two more things. That's one. Two is spend time worshiping him in a different environment. Okay, the three times when you're by yourself, whether that's going to be at home or your, or your prayer place or wherever you normally spend time with God where you're all by yourself. But then the other thing I'm going to encourage you at least one time, worship him in a different environment than you're used to. Maybe it's at work, during your lunch break, close the door, make yourself unavailable, and just begin to fill that office with worship. And of course, not on company hours. I'm not talking about that. And then the third thing is, third thing, I would encourage you to at least one time this week worship as a family. Husband and wife, or wife and husband, parents and kids, just get a DVD, pop it in. Just begin to worship. Even if you don't know the words to the song, let's say, okay, we're just going to spend 10 minutes. We're just going to do one song or we're going to do two songs. And let's just sit here and just close our eyes and just worship. And some of the songs you may recognize because we sing here. And so they may be easier to to join in. So I want to encourage you with those three things. Worshiping three times at least by yourself. Another time in a different environment. And then three as a family. Just begin to do that. Because what you'll be doing is you'll be putting yourself in a place where you're saying, Holy Spirit, Lord, I'm here. Speak to me. I love you. I worship you. I thank you. You're lining yourself up with him. And then, man, the goodness of God just. And be careful. Make sure you put some time between that and you having to be somewhere. Because you can get lost in his presence. And that's okay. Unless you have to be at work in 10 minutes. I just really want to encourage you with this. And I pray that the Holy Spirit really makes this real and, and, and encourages you in your spirit like only he can. Go ahead and stand up with me.